Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 230, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by... Have you been really frustrated with Google searches lately? You want to get your page up high in the rankings, and it seems like every time you do a search on your topic, you end up way down at the bottom, several pages in. Oh, and the companies at the top are the really, really big ones. You want to contact Mudpaw Design House. They are really good at helping with SEO. They'll help you get the right keywords and get your page rankings up. Go to Mudpaw Design House at mudpawdesign.com to get your SEO right. The idea of a power couple is really common in business and politics. But what does that look like in herbalism? It looks like a plant-supported marriage between business and herbs with some truly inspired benefits. Today we're talking with Katya and Rin from the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism about business, plant medicine, and the herbal life. Now, here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Hey, Katja Ooh. and Rin, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah. I was so thrilled that you guys said yes. A friend of mine, Rebecca from Palmer Pond, Palmer Pond Botanicals, when I was talking about how I was noticing a trend in more and more people being interested in herbalism and starting to get certified and universities and um, medical, you know, medical groups starting to bring that into their program. The first thing she said was, oh, you've got to talk to Katja and Ring. So <laughs> I was like, OK, then I got did some research, got a little nervous, took me a little bit. And then finally I was like, OK, I'm just going to write it. The worst they can say is no. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you two, because there are not that many, there are a few couples in herbalism, but usually they are either known by their independent names or one of them is kind of the dominant of the two. You guys are always, everybody talks about Katja and Rin. I rarely hear just one or the other without the other one being brought in almost immediately. So how did you guys That's do good. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we, like we like it that way. And we, you know, we've taught together for a long time now and it's become, um, it, be it became rapidly very clear that this was the best thing for both of us because uh, we, you know, like any other herbalist out there, um, we have our, we have our tendencies, we have our, our weirdnesses and <laughs> ours interlock together in a really nice way. Um, we feel like we're able to give our students a lot broader uh, perspective on a, on a whole bunch of different issues uh, because we each speak from our own experience. We each have shared each other's experiences now yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Years, you, know, so. you know, we have, for us, um, constitutional herbalism is like a really important or like energetics, the energetics of herbalism is a really foundational part of our school. Mm -hmm. And um we have very opposite energetics and so like he runs really really um dry and he's also um much quicker whereas i am damp and cold and i just move more slowly i maybe i talk faster but i'm overall <laughs> i move more slowly and so even if we had no other differences at all, but of course we have many other differences right already our experience with every single herb is is different within our own bodies. And so we intentionally always, every time that we can, we, we teach together once in a while, we both have to be like in a different place at the same time. So once in a while right. we don't, but yeah. almost always we teach together because we want people to see that it is not, it is not monolithic. It's not right. always exactly the same experience for every person. 
And so if you're hearing us talk about something and that does not match your experience in your body, we want to model the behavior that says you should trust your body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we do that best by showing people that we don't always agree. We don't always <laughs> feel exactly the same way about plants. Yeah. Some of that's opinion. Some of that's like, well, I think these facts are more important than those facts. Yes. <laughs> One of the things we, we always are telling our students is you should learn from lots of teachers. And it's nice that we can start that right here with, between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but we, we want our students to hear a lot of different voices as they learn um, because that's really important to the way that we learn. And we think that that's been really important to the way that we've we've been trained and trained ourselves mm -hmm. <laughs> over the years is to, is to pluck information from many different places and then mix it all together. And then that's how you make it your own. Right. Yeah. I think it's being able for your students and for the rest of us to be able to like hear, you know, each of you talking about like the same herb or the same condition or whatever it is, but with the two perspectives, you know, I'll, I'll resonate with one of you perhaps more than the other. And it's comforting when you go and see someone talk and they're saying, you know, this herb feels like this or acts this way or whatever. And you're like, well, I've never experienced that. You start to doubt your own experience. But to hear two herbalists in front of you saying, well, I do it. Well, I don't. I don't experience that. You're wrong. You know, you're not wrong. But, you know, that that's a very comforting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also that that, you know, it's extremely hard to uh visualize or it's it's hard to explain to people how much herbalism has grown in the past 10 and 20 years mm -hmm. like the word explosive oh. does not that explain under, that under describes it that's like yeah, yeah. It under describes it and i can't come up with a way to get across to people truly how enormously seismically herbalism is growing Yes, And as it grows, we, um, people kind of have, as they come into it, it used to be like, you were already counterculture. You're already kind of yeah. like that weird one. Yeah. And yeah. so you already maybe had that uh, sort of a little bit of an idea of like, well, I don't know if that's true. I'm going to see for myself. Maybe right. not, but like, I think that was yeah. more culturally real or culturally true at the time and I don't think it's not culturally true about the herbal community now but I do think that a lot of stuff is presented as if there is a right way right. and there's also the expectation to learn the right way right and yeah like as people come and their only experience is of sort of a more mainstream world where there is a right answer that you put on a test and then you can be graded objectively that that answer was correct. <laughs> and to come into this world where every single body is different and what, what works great for one person is not necessarily going to work great for another person. And that doesn't make either person wrong. Right. Or either approach, like both approaches that you're going to work with are right because they're the right approach for the individual that you're working with. It's such a different model. And yeah. So to start right from the beginning by by showing people that um, and showing it to them really like tangibly by us sitting there saying, oh, I don't feel that at all, you know, or right. whatever. And and let giving people the space to then say, oh, I can decide I can feel for myself in my own body if I feel that or if I don't. Right. Yeah, I, I love that. Important. 
I love that. And you guys both came into herbalism and into you're running the school, everything that you're doing through radically different paths, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that, because I know that that's something that when we're many of us, as we're starting out, we're looking for people who have paths that look don't look horribly different from ours that, you know, so we feel understood, like we like it's OK. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily born into the herbal life with all these lineage of medicine, you know, yes. or whatever, you know. So how did you guys get there? How did you guys get to, you know, even the beginning? How What's did you your get to the story? Yeah. <laughs> we go chronologically. Well, if we do it chronologically, I, I went first. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I came into herbalism, this was at the in the 90s. And I had lived over lived overseas um, in high school and in college and really liked herbal tea. And then I was out on my own and I had a job. I was a software engineer, like had nothing to do with herbalism. <laughs> and um, I wore a black leather jacket and like I just did not fit the profile. Uh, and I lived in Boston, like I lived in a city and I did not fit the long hair flowy skirt profile. Of the <laughs> 90s, let it me tell you. Sounds very like European punk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it absolutely was. <laughs> and um, uh, so I, um, you know, I was out on my own. I had my my apartment and my whatever, and I really loved herbal tea and it was expensive. And I was like, man, I got to be able to make this stuff. Like it's really <laughs> to go to the one import store in Harvard Square that sells fancy herbal tea because there was no herbal tea in the States yet. Like, right. I mean, celestial seasonings, I think existed, but like yeah. Red Zinger wasn't or whatever. Yeah. The yeah. one it, That so, wasn't yeah. what I was looking for. So yeah. to get to get herbal tea was expensive. And I was like, man, there's got to be a cheaper way to do this. And yeah. that's how I found um, that's how I found Rosemary. And uh, very shortly thereafter, I got super fed up with um, the internet bubble and <laughs> with the the fast growth of um, the like I w- I was working at a startup um, yeah. and and this actually becomes relevant to the business later, mm. but I was working as at a software so- startup as an engineer, and then the startup started growing exponentially mm, and more yeah. and more people with different backgrounds were coming in mm-hmm. to the company and kind of diluting the, the, um, the ethic in a way. And there were lots more um, folks who sort of had a, I don't know, some of the more amazing, I don't, I don't really, okay. There was just one that I didn't like. <laughs> and, <laughs> She she came in and and she was like, you have to wear lipstick and you have to wear makeup and you have to use your femininity to to do your job. And I was like, I thought I just had to be smart and good at what I do right. to do my job. Wasn't and I that was the so point of the women's revolution? Yes, <laughs> I was so mad. So um, so I decided that I was going to start working from home and I bought a farm in Vermont. And it was like 15 minutes away from where Rosemary um, had, she, she has like a mountain. She doesn't have a farm. Right. So much like a mountain. <laughs> and um, I started studying with her to learn how to make tea. And um, that was sort of how that started. And at the time, I think I didn't realize how, how much 
the the trauma in my life up until that point had had really impacted who I was and how I lived. And I I think that for the first time in my life, that stuff all started to unwind itself at the deeper I dug into herbalism. Which included oh, yeah. some challenges for you. I don't want to, I'm not going to speak for your story, but <laughs> there's some stories you've told a lot that I think are relevant here. Like um, you and Rosemary used to have arguments about like, go, go, go over there and talk to that plant. Yes. That was like that was like your go over and do twenty push ups kind of thing. And yes. Like, go over there and talk to that plant until you come up with something and then uh, And I hated it. I was not into the plant meditation thing at all. <laughs> even, even when I met you, you were still working. I was on still it. struggling with it. Yeah. Now now I'm like now now I'm solid, but like <laughs> that was a long, hard journey to get to the place where it's like talk to a plant are you kidding me right <laughs> it's been helpful i mean like our a lot of our um, student base a lot of our client base especially in and around boston is people from a very like technical or even medical background mm-hmm. and they have some hesitations around herbalism you yeah. know for themselves or for for other people that they want to work with so um i think coming from a place of like technical interest and skepticism and critical thinking in lots of different directions has been really important. And, and very sciencey and yeah. 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 Um, so that's been helpful as a, a framework and also as a language that we use to talk to certain people. Because right. certainly you've experienced, oh, you yeah. know, when you're an herbalist trying to help somebody, you need to find their language. You need to find right. a way to explain ideas to them in a way that makes sense um, and really get them excited. Yeah. 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 I think it was it Rosemary that said, meet them where they are. You know, I think it was her. <laughs> It could have been. If it wasn't, it was Leslie Tiara. But either way, I mean, you have to meet them where they are, which means you have to speak their language. They don't have to speak yours. That's not the point. You're speaking theirs. Yeah. You know, that's also why we need so many herbalists. Oh, yeah. We we love to talk about community, not competition. And um, it's something that I'm trying to really that like make as a as a. Yeah, right at the forefront. Um, we just we just launched a chapter for the American Herbalist Guild. Um, it's the herbal business chapter. And it's one thing that we spend a lot of time talking about is community, not competition. But we talk about it a lot in our school, too. And the thing here is that one day, an example, one day somebody said to me, somebody not in the herbal world mm-hmm. said, why do you let that other herbalist share your office? Like, they're going to take your clients. And I was like, no, 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 they're not. not. Yeah. First off, they're not my clients. They're like people that I'm working with and they don't belong to me. Right. (laughs) Right. But secondly, everybody speaks a different language. Yes. And there are so many people and we need so many herbalists because all of us communicate about the plants differently and the more herbalists there are, the more languages we can speak, the more people that we can talk to, the more we can all come back into connection with the earth. And I think it's really important. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm that ideology of, oh, that's competition. You know? for everyone. Well, no, I... I, I I do understand that on a fundamental level and I do well, but there is that, 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 that voice in the back of your head is like, 
you earned it. What are they doing? They're coming in here and, you know, I'm not <laughs> sharing real. nothing. But, but I'm, you know, yeah. but there are, what thing I learned in is that there are people that are built for you and are the best customers, the right, the ideal client, the ideal customer, the ideal person. Uh, that's why there's so many of, of, you know, in my field, graphic designers as well. There's so many of us because there's the just right client. Yeah, and Molly Gordon calls them the just yeah, right client. Yeah. I'm not always going to have or be the right mate or match for what you need, and that's okay. Yeah, and you might not be that forever either. Right. Like a person that you're a really good match for, for for like I, there might be somebody who needs exactly what I have to say, exactly the way I have to say it, and then they might grow past that, and they might need to hear from somebody else after that. Like, right? They don't belong to me. Right. They're, they're right. the person that I'm working with, but they're not mine. Right. And it's great the more people that they talk to because that's going to help them ultimately make their relationship with the plants actually theirs. Yeah. It really internally. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but I find that if I'm working with, like, if I had, if I, if I had, you know, another herbalist working in in my office, like the situation you described, I'll learn from that herbalist. It doesn't matter if that herbalist has only barely just begun and is at the very beginning of his or her career. Mm -hmm. I will learn from them because that's part of what I've set up in my own life to do is just learn, learn everything I can, always be learning. And Mm -hmm. because I'm always learning, I'm also able to teach, but it's not because I'm saying, oh, you should do learn this or do that. It's I'm learning and people have a tendency to learn from those who are learning much more easily. So yeah. just sort of, it becomes a synergy. And so I learn and I benefit from having that supposed competition, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, well, I'm going to benefit here. Plus, sure, maybe we know herbalism. Maybe we all know herbalism, but we don't all know it the same way. But even right. if we did, even if we yes. knew herbalism all exactly the same way, like cookie cutters. Yeah. We still have all of our other life experience. Yes. And when you're working with somebody to try to help them come up with a creative way to find enough time in their day to actually make themselves a quart of tea and drink it every single day, mm-hmm. the, the herbs aren't going to help you with that kind of creativity. Mm-hmm. All your <laughs> life experience is what brings in that kind of creativity. And so it's not just about the plants. Yes, we all have our own relationships with them and our own way of explaining those relationships and, and nurturing them for other people or with other people. But also, you know, I know what it's like to have been a single mom. I know what it's like to have gone through a traumatic divorce and, and an abusive relationship. And uh, somebody who doesn't know that may not be able to, to give the same kind of advice or creative problem solving, but I don't know what it's like to be an elite athlete. And, and so I maybe am not the right person to help a triathlete. I mean, I sure I'm going to be able to help help them in some way, but I'm not going to really lock in with them because there's a lot of that experience that I don't have. Right. Yeah. It's just the same as like, there have been times when Patrick said, Oh honey, you know, I'm really seeing this. You, You, it would help you if you made this change. And I absolutely ignore him for like an entire year and then someone who's not my honey says, oh, you know what? You should try this change. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. And I do it and it works. 
And if I'm smart and lucky, I am reminded at some point that my honey was the one who originally said it. And I say thank you to him. And hopefully he wasn't the one saying I told you so. And that's why I was reminded. But. (laughs) Well, that works. That works both ways. You know, you can. No one's a prophet in their own lands. Yeah. 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 Right. And that's just it. It, You're taking advice. And when you're ready to hear it, I think that's the thing. Sometimes we're just not ready to hear it until Mm -hmm. we are. And it's yeah, going right. to come from the right resonance. Yeah. yeah. So, Rin, did you start off with a love of plants by the time you were 22? Uh, no, not really. You know, I, <laughs> I was, I'm one of these herbalists who, like, spent too much time playing video games as a kid, and now I have to make up for all the time that I wasn't spending in the forests, you know? like Right. Which is actually perfect, though, for the clients who did the same thing and need to recover, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a point of connection I make I make with people a lot, yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, you know, so I, I went to school for philosophy and literature, and then after that I was I was kicking around Boston, and um, I, I got into this martial arts school, and I got really focused on that, and I spent a lot of time there. And I was still there when I met Katya, you know, she was... She was um, teaching. Yeah, I was, I was taking classes, I was teaching classes, I was there a lot. Um, but it was like the first thing I had found that really got me into my body and, and got me to take care of myself and think about my health. And also to, when I started to teach, then I was, I was, um, seeing what that felt like and developing my, my teacher voice and and presence and all of that. And, um, seeing people take something that made a lot of sense to me and felt good to me, give that to them, teach them how to do it, and then see them start to improve and change and, feel their body differently too. That made a, a huge impression on me. So then I met Katya. We had a social circle that overlapped and I met her there and, you know, we started writing to each other and then I, we started spending time together and came back by your house and it's like, what's with all these weird jars in the closets? What's going on with this? <laughs> and, you know, that was where I met herbs really. Um, I can look back and say like there were plants or herbs that were important to me earlier in life, but I didn't, think of it as herbalism at all you know right well so i i owe it yeah. all to you anyway. yeah ginger ginger ale ginger ale is it is yeah. but it isn't herbalism yeah but <laughs> but for a lot of people that is the first that is i mean i you think know? i think of anything that you eat pretty much if it's a plant anything yeah. that you put on your body that fits a plant that's herbalism man i mean yeah. It's well, how we take care that's of That's pretty loose for me. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I met, I met her and, and um, she taught me herbalism and I studied with a couple other teachers here and there to get to get rolling. Um, but pretty, pretty soon we started to work together because I at the time I was working a job that allowed me to if I was efficient, I could get through most of the stuff that had to get done and then just be on call the rest of the day in case somebody needed me suddenly. Um, and so I was able to devote a lot of time to studying and, nice, <laughs> uh, yeah. and uh, study and all of that. And, um, in a couple of years, maybe even, yeah, about that much time started to see clients and, um, you had a small office space, uh, in town and like super small, like the size yeah. of a, a rug. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> eight by four or something. No, was... no, it was eight by 14. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that wow. was that's yeah that's a closet that's like it was, that's a, it was literally it was it had been a closet yeah and we, <laughs> and we cleaned it out and rebuilt it um like you know put in a new drop ceiling and put in like and painted everything and uh ceiling fan yeah, yeah and then <laughs> yeah 
which was also which was also a learning experience for me because my family didn't do a whole lot of like handyman stuff uh when i was a kid and yours absolutely did all of it (laughs) so yeah she taught me how to use a belt sander in addition to teaching me how to make a good herbal formula (laughs) yeah (laughs) well you had your mom had like some business experience right so you kind of like had an idea of what you were getting into when you started in business yourself so my mom was a nurse and then um became a medical transcriptionist. And um, so she, so on one hand, I came from an, like a totally like bleach everything kind of a family. Like I didn't have any kind of herbal <laughs> background in my family that I experienced. I, I mean, yeah. everybody has herbal backgrounds in their family. If you right. go back far enough, that doesn't mean that yeah. we have experience of it, right? There was a, there was a break. Um, but, but yeah, um, you know, my mom's business was very small and she didn't really do much in the way of marketing, but I really learned from her, like to not have any particular illusions about what being in business for yourself actually means in terms of, um, the number of hours a day that you work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or the, the nature, the fact that it can be a like never ending, you know, and that, in that nobody's going to put a boundary around that for you. You have to find that yourself Mm -hmm. and you don't have the construct of just going home. Mm -hmm. I think between that and working in a software startup where also, yeah, like we didn't create the, we just didn't go home, you know, we had pool tables and ping pong tables and they would bring in food. And I mean, this was really early in the nineties, in the, in the, in the first round of the internet boom, but still, you know, that startup mentality of not going home and also that startup mentality of sometimes you don't get your paycheck uh-huh. because oh, it's a startup. Yeah. Um, those things all, even though they didn't have anything to do with herbalism at all, um, all of that, seeing it really um, helped me to have my eyes open about what I needed to do to make a business successful. And when we started the school, it didn't occur to me that everybody didn't know that stuff. Right. And so we went, we had our three-year clinical training program, but then it, people were like kind of stuck afterwards. They didn't, and they would like, and I was like, oh, how's your business going? How's your practice going? And they were like, well, I don't know how to find clients. And I was like, oh, that's not okay. Right. We need to fix that. <laughs> and And so we developed this business skills training program, like a a nine month mentorship where we just started going through every single step of starting a business, like designing your website and getting registered and how are you going to pay taxes and how will you find clients? And I mean, like every possible thing, because, because it turns out that those experiences are ones that most people, I just got lucky in, in getting to see how that happens, but they don't teach small business skills in school, you know, like they don't. Yeah, it's that. And then it's also like certainly our, our own business and the, those of all of your students benefit enormously from your experience as a project manager. Yeah. Um, Because like going from a great idea to the steps one through 1000 that actually make (laughs) that happen takes a lot of, there's a, there's like an approach that works very, very well and you do it every day and you teach it to your students and, uh, it just, it's very effective, but that's, that's really critical, I think. Yeah. Like, and people don't, don't have that. They're like, I know I want to do it. I want to be an herbalist. I'm, I'm going to help people. 
<laughs> and yeah. the part about like, okay, now you need to make a mailing list. Now you need to market and you need yeah. to do this and that. And that can get overwhelming. But what you do is you help people break it down and see the big goal, don't lose sight of it, but also see <clears throat> to yeah <laughs> yeah totally. that's another thing that i really think should be taught in all schools like yeah. really strong project management skills it it would benefit every person oh man that's such a pickup you got to try this tiger tea from sacred blossom farms in fact if you go to sacredblossomfarms.com right now and enter in real herb all caps 15 you can save 15 percent on your next order Tell them that Practical Herbal sent you. When you start looking at their statistics on how many businesses are run in our country and where the bulk of the money in our country actually is generated, it's all through small business. Yes. It's shocking that we don't teach more about, you know, what it is. I mean, I, my son did get to go in, uh, take a class called um, uh, Basic Entrepreneurship at his local high school, just a regular local public high school. Not, That's cool. you know, not anything special here, but... So that was, I thought that was really cool and innovative. I wish they had had that kind of thing when we were younger. Um, I had the benefit, Patrick and I both had the benefit of coming from entrepreneurial families. So we kind of, you know, when we got started with our very first businesses, we kind of had an idea of what we were getting into. Uh, But Rin, you didn't have that, did you? That's got to be shocking. (laughs) Uh, Sure. Yeah, there was definitely an adjustment period of, um, I don't know, five, six years or so before I really got on to like, how to be an effective business partner with you. Yeah, it's real. I mean, it like, honestly, nine it, or ten years. it might have been. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of uh, change, a lot of unraveling of habits. Um, and, you know, uh, I'll say that a lot of that was also bound up with, um, with white male privilege stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's difficult to talk about and and to talk about effectively and um you know like meaningfully and productively but it's real and um you know uh i've gone to a bunch of rounds of therapy and some of them were how can i be a more effective collaborator with my wife partner you know (laughs) life mate uh you know like just uh, all of the words that i could use to describe you lady bird but um it's i don't see that as optional anymore like nice. I thought at the time initially, like, oh, this means that I've failed in some way. This is a bad problem. I'm clearly broken in some fundamental manner that's never going to be resolved. Woe is me. Because, you know, and so <laughs> you know, like, some of that. Well, but, uh, also because society teaches, yeah. teaches yeah. men. First off, society teaches you that if you need therapy, you're broken. Yeah. No. no. And secondly, mm-hmm. society teaches you that if you're male and you're seeking out therapy, you're definitely broken. Yeah. 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 So a lot of it was surprising too, because it started as like, I would like to um, not instigate so many arguments. I would like to (laughs) find a way to end them more, more rapidly. Um, But it turns out that you start digging and then you, um, you, you discover surprising things under there. (laughs) So so yeah, I mean that, that really, I think um, put that on your list of things to make yourself have a better herbal business is to get some therapy. Um, especially if you're a male human and uh, haven't noticed yet, which is the way that a lot of us are walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's important that we be having those conversations, especially to support men. Cause that's one of the things that I've noticed, at least with my son and his friends, that many of them struggle with 
their own concept of what is it to be a man, even if they've got, you know, strong male role models in their lives and all of that, they still mm -hmm. struggle with it because there's so many mixed signals in our culture. And there's so much, I would say, misinformation from my perspective, but, you know, I'm a white girl from the Midwest, so who knows <laughs> if my perspective's right. But you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ideology out there that, yeah. boxes men that doesn't box women anymore. And we broke out of that boxing of women considerably with the women's movement in the seventies. And as it's progressed, you know, since then, and I think men are still kind of reeling and saying, Oh God, now how do we become whole again? You yeah. Know? I think really good at inventing a better box. Yeah. Right. I was going to say that too. I don't think that we're very unboxed as women. Well, I just think that we've moved from one box to a new box. Yeah. Yeah, and we, I, we broadened or changed, but it's there's yeah. still a lot of. Yeah. I think there's still a lot, and I think this work is the work of many generations. Actually, yes. I think that every single one of us is carrying around actually quite a bit of generational trauma. Yes, and, yes, um, and all of it is different. Like different people have different types of generational trauma, mm -hmm. and marginalized people are carrying around more than their. Sh like as if anybody has a share of it, but yeah. like right. a double portion or yeah. a whatever. And, and it's different, but, um, but I think that it's going to be a few generations of intentionally unwinding and intentionally seeking to, to rebuild our ideas about what it is to be a person. Yeah. Um, and I actually think that a huge part of that is to understand what it is to be a plant and yes. what it is to be in relationship with a plant. Yes. Um, I yes. think that we can't know what it is to be a person unless we understand how to be in relationship with a plant, yes. how to be in relationship with an animal. Yeah. That's how we learn who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way that you said that. Cause it's, I think that's so accurate. And I think that there's so many layers of ideas that we've laid on top of our concept of what it is to be human that are just, dead layers of skin. I don't even know what they are, but they're, they're not helpful and we need to just keep scraping them off and moving them by coming back to the plants, to the animals and, and learning to accept them and be with them as they are. And they yeah. allow us to be as we are too, you know? Yeah. Well, now you know why, I'm oh, sorry. Well, now you know why Rosemary made you talk to the plants. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you can get a better relationship <laughs> yeah. with the plants. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And she knew I hated it too, but like sometimes the, the, the bitter medicine is the best one, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I think that uh, maybe just to sort of close those thoughts out is that um, it's also on us to keep imagining what we want, like yeah. keep imagining, not just to say, well, this is how it is. Like, I, like I'm thinking right now. Um, so I'm listening to Harry Potter audiobooks right now Yay. in my like, like when I go to bed at night or yeah. whatever, like it's a little bit at a time. And um, but of course it's Katya, so she's listening to them in German, so she can brush up on her German. I read them first in German, so to me, that's the original. The yeah. story is it's that whatever anyway yeah. <laughs> um but so i'm coming up into uh year five where things are starting to get kind of grim mm -hmm. and um 
and there's like more a more authoritarian tone coming into the into the books and and people do things that are wrong like it, it like earlier today i was listening to this part where the the bad guy kid like whatever the malfoy character if you haven't read the books he's like the bad guy um did does something wrong and and it was really mean and terrible and he provokes harry potter into like punching him okay. but then harry potter gets punished even yeah. though everybody saw what happened and i feel like that's such a great example of let's imagine because like if the whole community stood up and said hold on a second yes you should use your words and not your fists but also we demand that that malfoy be held accountable also for like, his words yeah yes like yeah. so and i think that so much like in this book it's presented this way but i think mm -hmm. it's so true in society that yes. that it's like well this is just how it is and so you have to learn to control yourself so that you don't get in trouble and i'm like wait let's imagine something different something more just something yeah. actually nurturing for all people and I mean, let's not punch people in the face either, but yeah. but let's look at the situation and actually as a community stand up for what we believe is right and not just say, well, that's how it is. I mean, this sort of yeah. back to that community, not competition. Like, yeah. yes, our society says we're supposed to compete and only some of us can win. And that's bogus. Right. Like, yeah. Just not true. It's yeah. not true. That's the myth of lack. I mean, it's not yeah. real. It's so not real. Yeah. And if you ask the plants, they will show you how not real it is. One dandelion seed today is an entire lawn in three months. I mean, it takes yes. so little time for the plants to teach that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to ask you guys, I know from my experience in being in business with my husband, not just as herbal businesses, we have other stuff that we do. It can be challenging. How do you guys handle that? you know, the challenges of being marital partnership and business partnership? Uh, well, we've gotten better at it over time, you know? And, yeah, <laughs> and also uh, cross-reference therapy. Yeah. yeah. You know? well, yeah. And, and part of that was was really, uh, well, my, my experience of that largely was like learning how to name feelings and a lot of the basic stuff that, yeah. that needs to be done in therapy if you, didn't, if, if you didn't learn those things as a kid or weren't taught them. Um, but also to find ways that we could communicate effectively to each other about what we needed in a given moment. Um, and to not project about what we think the other person will think of us yeah. because yeah. of what we think we need in that moment. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. That like to just be, just be able to say, God, I feel so prickly today. <laughs> Instead of saying, I feel prickly and you're going to be mad at me for being prickly. So I'm just going to be mad at you ahead of time. And, yeah. and <laughs> about it, yeah. you know, right. Preemptive <laughs> anger. Is that what you just said? Preemptive anger. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think that intentionally, um, like collaborating intentionally on how do we want to communicate with one another? How do we want to handle it when one of us feels bad? Um, and, and being as open as possible about that. And part of when I say like cross-reference cross therapy, part of the big thing there is that in our society, we're not taught to be open about that stuff. We're, yeah. we're taught to be preemptively angry. We're taught yeah. to be, to hide it and to whatever. And 
it takes a great deal of vulnerability to instead just say, I feel terrible. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. So being able to communicate more effectively, absolutely. has been really critical. Um, finding ways that work for the both of us to plan and schedule things together. <laughs> super important because um, can't make it happen if you don't know when it's going to happen. And, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So learning some, some tools and, and we've tried a bunch of different things. I think we've probably tried like two dozen different um, you know, project management or calendar or time planning or bullet journaling or whatever else. And we've kind of like sorted through the ones that we find most effective for each of us and how to make them interface with each other. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think the willingness to be like, all right, we'll try Trello. Does that work? I don't know. We'll try Asana. Does that work? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These journals right. look good. Let's get one and see what happens, you know? So, yeah. um, that's been that's been evolving but we've gotten and, to a good place and like that also comes with neither one of us deciding that this is the right way yeah. and the other one has to conform <laughs> to it but instead both of us experimenting with what works for you what works for me how do we get those two things to connect yeah. and letting there be freedom for those things to happen yeah, um that's huge letting there be a lot of flexibility to accommodate each other's needs is is really important like so okay we have a goal and we need to collaborate to make that happen but we also need to not get sick in the process because we're working ourselves to the bone or whatever right yeah. and and so all of that just means disconnecting yourself from this idea that there's only one right way yeah. to solve any problem and try lots of ways because even if you find a way that solved the problem is it the best way i don't know maybe there's a better one yeah, right like, do we yeah. feel like trying again? Let's try again. Yeah. 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 I love that you point that out because that's, I mean, with Patrick and I, one of the challenges we've had is that we are, we don't have the same difference in constitution that you guys have um, physically, but when it comes to more like our emotional psychology, we have a really different approach. I mean, introvert, extrovert, water, fire. I mean, we're really opposite in many ways. So giving him for me giving patrick space to be the fiery guy he is with a thousand different ideas and wanting to start a whole new business like every third thursday of the month you know <laughs> i mean it, yeah. it's hard for me to give him space but at the same time recognizing that that's part of his process and letting him just have that and run with it for a little bit and then when it's time for him to actually like really decide whether he wants to commit to it, saying, okay, well, you know, here's my more grounded approach. Here's what the numbers look like here. And then he can decide whether he really wants to do it. Yeah. I mean, I had two business ideas today. I know. Um, <laughs> it's not even, you know, one o'clock here. So that's just normal. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think I talked you down from one on Saturday well, afternoon. She, she's very supportive until I asked for money. And then, no, no, you can't have any. So, yeah, I had, that's my fire, uh, my creativity. And, and as much as I, I got that from my mom and I said I'd never do that, I was always going to have a job with a company and, and be stable. And then I did that and it didn't work for me. You didn't like and that, And then right? it, it kills your soul. Yeah. 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 So now it's, hey, let's try this business. Hey, there's another business I heard about today. You know? Yeah. And Candace is like, yeah, that's great, honey. Tap, tap. And then she walks away. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, I mean, you need, to, you need to be aware of what your differences are and play to them, right? So like yeah. another thing that we found helpful for us to, to work together is to be clear about the things that, uh, that we, both are, we both enjoy doing the things that we both are willing to do and feel kind of neutral about 
and the things that I would really rather not like to do, please. And would you just do that one? And I'll mm -hmm. do this one over here and we'll like nice. stack them all up and line them up. And then that way we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. There's like, there are certain types of work that I really, he can do it in a fraction of the time that I can do it because mm -hmm. I don't want to. And yeah. it's, it's so painful to do it. And yes. so yeah. just identifying that stuff right off the bat. Yeah. And then instead of saying, well, why don't you ever do this thing? Why is it always me? Instead it is, Hey, look, I only ever have to do this part because yeah. you're doing that part that I don't want to do. Right. And yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. That's how it's categorized that way, right? Like, okay, this is a, this is a never ending, um, stream of incoming emails and student questions that we both are going to dip into now and again to answer. Right. Mm -hmm. So we share that one. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you do a bunch of the video editing and I do a bunch of the writing of some text documents and like we split up the course production that way. Right? Yeah. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and there's in any business, there's those set of tasks, every single business, every single job, there's a set of tasks. And my father told me once you just figure out what it's going to be like 25 or 30%, maybe 40, depending on who you are and what, what you're doing that you're not going to like, it's not going to be fun. It's going to suck. You yeah. find the job or the business where that 25 or 30% or whatever it is, is the least painful possible. Right. And with you guys splitting it up like that, your each of your wedges of crappy work goes down. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this is another place for that, like, creativity and reevaluation and also not being preemptively mad um, <laughs> that that when there's something that you're just like, God, it makes me mad every time I have to do this, stop and let's yeah. talk about it. And then let's be like, cause he might be like, Oh, I wouldn't care about that at all. I'll just do that. Right. And, and it can save so much pain if you're just constantly talking about talking about your needs yeah. and, and just dividing things up in whatever way works best right now and not being too, um, like precious about, and now it must ever forth be, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's an overarching thing when it comes to, to being in business as an herbalist, to being in business for yourself, to being in business with your partner is that you have to be adaptable, right? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Take your adaptogens, people. <laughs> <laughs> Get comfortable really with change. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Solomon seal going. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even just in the like dozen years that I've been around our, our business models have changed many times, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. where does the bulk of our money come has shifted? What, uh, how do we structure our classes? What kinds of things are we even trying to accomplish? How much time do we divide to clients versus teaching versus other things? And like, that's all moved around a lot. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. Well, I love that. I love the, the idea of the communication and the flexibility, you know, and, and trying to help new herbalists and, and new, you know, people who are seriously thinking about business or starting businesses kind of get some understanding of that because it's, it really is, it's important. And if you yeah. didn't know it, and if you didn't know that your business is like, almost like raising a baby, I mean, a baby that yep. may never really get past the point of needing lots of attention or a puppy, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it's yeah. important to walk into it kind of with your eyes open to that. Cause otherwise you can end up really burning yourself out. And yeah. I've seen, I mean, I've seen other business businesses, not necessarily herbal specific, but I've seen other business people 
do that. And they a lot of times it's people who walked in and they, they had the idea of the dream of the business. But the reality has that 40 percent of hard work, you know, not so pleasant work. And they didn't they didn't really expect that. And, yeah. you know, yeah, oftentimes I'm if you that- build it. They won't. It won't come. I mean, yeah. you have to do more than just <laughs> yes. that. Yes, you know. Yeah, and I think that one ruined a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that idea of worming away in the back there. No, no. No, no. they won't. You gotta. But the 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 flip side of that, at least in herbalism, if you're considering an herbal business, is that there are so many ways to build an herbal business. Yeah. And so, if you're a person who's like, well, I just can't work on a computer, that that just sucks my soul, then, okay, that's not a problem. There's yeah. farming, and there's product making, and there's like yeah. so many things. And it doesn't mean you'll never touch a computer, but like, but you can minimize that by the direction that you go in versus if you're a person that's like, I'm, I love plants and I am not good at growing them. No problem. Like right. there's, other there's a so, whole ton. Yeah. so I think that there's so much space in the herbal world for people to find the things that call most to them and the place where they're most comfortable to also build their business around that place. Mm-hmm. Um, that there, it's just a matter of like being really honest with yourself about what you want yeah. and how you want to spend your time and, and not, Oh, well, in order to be a good herbalist, I have to, I have to look like this. I have to do yeah. this. Like, no, yes. no. What you need is to find out what's going to make you happiest most of the time. Yeah. And and then see how are we going to make that happen for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've totally, I've struggled with my, that myself, even knowing, you know, what it's like to be in business and all that stuff, getting clear and being willing to say, what is it that I really want to do as an herbalist? Not what do I think I should do or mm-hmm. what does a proper herbalist do? Instead yeah. saying, what's right for me? And how can I make plants a part of that? Or how can I be a part of the plant's lives? And, you know, sometimes it doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look like a clinical herbalist in a medical type setting. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 So you guys, um, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about the many programs you have. Because we've talked a lot about business. And you guys have an awesome business program. But... You guys teach a lot about herbs and herbalism, and you have certifications, correct? Well, we don't so, call them that um, yeah. because we're kind of allergic to the idea of the certified herbalists. Um, yeah, because you know, in the US, there's no like governmental certifying body, so yeah. um, so we will yeah. give people a certificate. Um, but we won't tell them that they're certified, if you know right. what I mean. Yeah. Because legally, you're not certified. Right. But you, you know, guys, like, you have a course that helps people get through the American Herbalist Guild yeah. certifications so we, or whatever. We have a so. whole program that starts from your very first, you think herbs might be cool and you've never made tea before, <laughs> all the way through to um, clinical rotations, clinical mentorship building your business or, or if you want to go the product route, we will help with that. And we have all of like the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Or if you've studied with somebody else and you want to jump in at whatever point you're at, then, and, and move for, further in your education, that's awesome too. Um, and yes, we do in lieu of saying a certified herbalist, because legally there is no such thing. Right. What we say is, and, and we would recommend this to anyone, even if you went to a school that says you're a certified herbalist, um, still we recommend this to any everyone, is 
um, the, the only real designation that you can have other than saying, I have a certificate from this school, that's appropriate right. and legal and, and right. But the real designation that you can have is as a registered herbalist in the American Herbalist Guild. Yes. Right now, that is what they're, we don't have licensing. We don't have any kind of national or state yeah. recognition. And so that is the recognition that there is that's available. And that process is um, uh, appropriately challenging. Yeah. And so that when you have achieved that, it is it is really saying something that you yeah. have achieved. And so we have a, a tracker tool that we give to all of our students, but it's free. Um, anybody can can have it actually. Um, and it just helps you to organize all of the requirements for applying for professional membership um, and helps you to keep all the stuff organized so that you know what you still have left to meet your goals. And then we'll help you go through that whole application process and um, and then ultimately, you know, submit your submit your application and be accepted as a professional member. Nice. Yeah, I love that. So where do where do folks get a hold of you? <clears throat> yeah. So our website is commonwealthherbs.com. And right up on the front page there, there's a direct link to a free course that is kind of about our fundamental philosophy of working as holistic herbalists. Um, and so that's, that's a way for people to check us out and get a sense of the way that we teach and the kind of, um, kind of energy we have, the kind of way that we like to present things. Um, and the majority of our teaching these days is, is done through our online classes. Um, and so also on the website, you'll find the, the whole array of our programs and the individual courses that make them up. Mm -hmm. um, They're all taught by video. So if we say that a course is 60 hours, that is 60 hours of instructional video. And then there's all kinds of other things. There's printable quick guides and lots of resources. We also make everything into an MP3 so that maybe you watch the video the first time, but then you want to review it a few times. So yeah. great. You can go out in your garden or you can go for a walk or you can be... I don't know, mopping the floor. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But you can listen to them on your commute. Um, and then also every Tuesday and Thursday, no matter what course you're enrolled in, we have live Q&A sessions nice. um, that, that all of the students can participate in because we think it's really important if you're enrolled in an online program, we don't want you to just be sitting on your couch by yourself, isolated. Like we want you to be yeah. part of the community. We, we waited a long time before we launched our online school because the tech wasn't up to our standards or no. the ones that were, were out of our price range. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's possible um, to have a course that, you know, hosts the video and it's got the audio files right next to them. And, you know, there's a discussion thread right in that same lesson. So you don't have to That's go nice. anywhere else to go and have your conversation with us. We can interact with people immediately. Um, we can do the online Q&A twice a week. So there's just a lot more possibility now, and we, we feel really excited that we're able to bring this this level of quality to, to people out there. Nice. We feel pretty good about it. Yeah. We even have our own embedded communities um, that are sort of like Facebook, but we didn't want to put, like a lot of people do like a group on Facebook, 
And we didn't want to do that because we wanted people to kind of have a place where everything was con contained all in itself. And I personally find Facebook distracting yeah. like, like because of things and like whatever, and there's always new stuff there. And like, if I'm studying, I just want to study. So yeah. we have our own set of communities where students can share with one another and it looks like, you know, there's somebody makes a post and then you can comment on it and like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're divided up by topic and or region of the country or whatever. And that gives the students also a, a really good opportunity to share, oh, here's a picture of this cool thing I made or whatever with each other um, and lets them get to know one another, which makes me very happy also. Yeah. Yeah, so commonwealthherbs.com is the best place to find everything we do. Um, but I did want to just mention, since this is a podcast, that we, yes. we have a podcast. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So that's called the Holistic Herbalism Podcast. And you should be able to find it wherever you get your pods. Um, if there's a service you use and you can't find it there, then just let us know. Yeah. And we'll get listed soon. But, but it's also on the website. Mm -hmm. Cool. And there are public events um, listed on the website that are both in person here, either in Boston or in the surrounding area, but also a lot of carbon neutral events that take place by live webinar um, for things where we all need to be having a discussion at the same time, but we don't actually have to be in the same physical room. Um, it's really important to us to um to have that awareness of carbon footprint and to be thinking about how can we share information in a, in a very interactive conversational way that people don't have to get in an airplane, right. Right. you know? Yeah. I especially love that for those folks who are living in areas that are not replete with herbalists and herbal community. Cause we saw yeah. a lot of, I would say, zones in our country that could use more herbalism <laughs> you could yeah. use more herbalists and yeah yeah right. so all all the way around in terms of our online program we want it to be as interactive as possible especially because that because so many of our students are living in places where they they're the only herby person that they know yeah. they don't know anybody else in their community who's even interested in this stuff and that's that's not it's lonely yeah. You know, so yeah. we want there to be community, even if it is watching ourselves on the computer screen, yes. at least it's still interactive and we can talk. Well, heck, most plants like to live with other plants. You know, right. there aren't that many plants that want to live alone. So right. humans are the same. <laughs> yes. Right on. Yes. Well, right. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. Yes, thanks. Yeah, thank it was you. so fun to talk to you. All right. And as always... Put, Put an herb, herb on it. <laughs> the statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication. Or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem, any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.